Rituals are important, especially at a time like this one. When schools began closing several weeks ago, it took about five minutes for people to start passing around model schedules for what the day ought to look like for kids at home. Maybe you saw some of these also. The schedules weren't all the same, but the ones that I saw shared lots in common. As at school, the day was supposed to be broken down into 45-minute blocks with a wide variety of activities covering different areas of learning, plus time for free play and exercise and snacks and crafts and personal enrichment. There was something right in all of this, of course, much that's right. We all know children generally need some structure to their days, and most of us parents were a little bit terrified at the prospect of figuring out what to do with kids home all day, every day. So we welcomed the model schedules and lots of us jumped on board. In my house, we worked up a schedule that looked very much like the ones that were being circulated. Perfectly balanced, perfectly planned. And that lasted about two days. <laughs> As the weeks have gone on, our family schedule has become considerably less rigid and somewhat less ambitious. We've realized that if we are in this new reality for some time, and it certainly seems like we are, then we need to be realistic and gracious when it comes to our expectations for ourselves and others. So we have gotten a bit more flexible with those 45-minute blocks, and there's a whole lot more free play than there was originally. What hasn't changed in all of this, however, is the need for ritual. We still set alarms in the morning. We still make sure everyone has their beds made and their teeth brushed before we move into the day's activity. We still read stories before bed and say our prayers and sing songs and turn the lights out at eight. Whatever our age, we need our rituals right now. We need patterns in the middle of this extraordinary time that remind us of the ordinary rhythms of life, that ground us and give structure to our days. I have felt that truth in my home these past weeks, and I've certainly felt it in the world in general. And so here we are, entering the great ritual of the church here. The three days, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, leading us to Easter. There is no pretending that this year is just like every other one. This is the strangest Holy Week that I can remember. But while concerts and festivals and in-person gatherings of all kinds may be canceled, the ritual of these days goes on. We tell the story again, and we listen carefully in this strange time. The story that we tell tonight is in many ways unremarkable. A group of friends gathered for dinner, and after eating, one of them washed the feet of the others. There's not very much action there. It's a quiet scene, not that much to tell, really. But of course, the context is everything. Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem, and all around them, the water is heating up and getting close to boiling. The civil authorities are alarmed by this rabble-rouser whose entrance into the city a few days earlier caused such a stir. The religious authorities 
are alarmed by this teacher and healer who has earned such devotion from his followers and who has even just raised a man from the dead. The air that Jesus and the disciples have to be breathing is thick with uncertainty and fear, a profound sense of foreboding all around. Sound familiar at all? And with that charged and anxious context around them, cracks are starting to emerge among this close-knit group of friends gathered around the table. As they sit and talk, Jesus tells them that one will betray him and another will deny him. Judas leaves the room and goes out into the darkness. Peter promises he will stand by Jesus no matter what. The failures of these two are singled out, of course, but we know that no one around the table will act with very much courage or devotion in the days to come. Everyone will scatter when things get difficult. Everyone will succumb to fear. The context here is everything. Because when you remember those tensions heating up in the city outside and the fissures forming among the friends at the table, then what happens on this night is as remarkable as can be. On the edge of things falling apart, Jesus does not tell his disciples to just be positive. Sometimes that can be our instinct in the middle of a messy time, but that's not what Jesus does here. He doesn't tell his friends to just look on the bright side, find the silver lining, make the most of it. And he doesn't tell them to panic either. He doesn't say, you all should run to the grocery store right now and buy a six-month supply of hummus and go home and lock the doors. Lord knows we have all felt a sense of panic seep into our spirits at times these past weeks. But again, that's not what Jesus calls for. Jesus doesn't ask his disciples for unfounded cheerfulness, and he doesn't sound the alarm. Instead, on the edge of things falling apart, on the night in which he was to be betrayed, Jesus spoke about love. And he stood up from the table took a towel and a basin, knelt down and washed the feet of his friends. Jesus had lots of possible options before him in the middle of the storm of this night, berating his imperfect disciples, running away, passing out swords and drawing up battle plans. But instead, he taught love one more time with his words and with his actions. He knew where he'd come from, John tells us, and he knew where he was going. And in the middle of the storm, Jesus was the picture of calm, the picture of faithfulness to God's ways of steadfast love. You know I'm going to tell you that that's what we're supposed to do, right? That's what the name given to this day means, of course. Mondi comes from the Latin mandatum, or mandate. This day is named for Jesus' mandate that we follow his example, that we do as he did. On any other Maundy Thursday, we would be here in the sanctuary, taking off our shoes and socks and kneeling down to wash one another's feet as a sign of our intention to live with the love that Jesus taught. Of course, that particular ritual of communal foot washing can't happen this year, but the mandate to love still stands. 
in the middle of a time of great uncertainty, Jesus still shows us that the way of faithfulness to him looks like love. Not like panic, not like relentless positivity, not like fear, like love that reaches out to others with words and gestures of grace. That's right, and I am telling you that we are supposed to follow his example. In the middle of the storm, love is still our calling. It is true this night, like always. Yes. And I want to tell you one other thing besides. And that's that I am pretty sure we are not going to get this just right this year. Because as much as we may know that we are meant to be loving and calm and generous in the middle of all that is happening around us, we are not Jesus. We are going to worry, and we are going to get overly worked up, and we're going to snap at strangers or loved ones and regret what we said. Our courage may fail us at times, and we may end up looking much more like one of those confused disciples around the table than like the one with the basin and the towel. Try as we might, and try as we must, to follow the mandate, we're not Jesus, and we will mess this up. I feel it's important to say that this year. We cannot do this perfectly, but here's what we can do. We can keep our eyes on Jesus. As the world around us continues to reel with uncertainty and fear, we can keep our eyes on Jesus, who walked into a night where everything was coming apart and who still did just what he came to do, cared, served, loved. We can keep our eyes on Jesus, who remains unwavering and faithful in the midst of every storm, including this one. We can keep our eyes on Jesus, who sees the worry in our spirits, the confusion in our eyes, and who still kneels down and washes our feet. We can keep our eyes on him, on the way he served his disciples and the way he serves us. And we can let his patient, purposeful action of mercy calm our fears and steady our uncertainties and shape the way that we live in this moment. It is a strange Holy Week. There is no getting around that. So let this be our ritual this year when many of our familiar rituals are not possible. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, receiving his grace, and taking a step in love. Amen.